Welcome to the Movers Resource Guide podcast, connecting you to the resources you need to create success. We chat with the best vendors, associations, mentors, movers, and more, giving you the information you need to make your moving company the best it can be. I'm your host, Brian Hassan, CEO of Wayfinder Moving in Buffalo, New York, Apex Moving and Storage in Lakewood, Washington, and the president of the New York State Movers Association. Today, we'll be speaking with Tracy Beck, co-founder of Starboard Collectives. Tracy's focus with Starboard Collectives is financial fluency for business owners. She spends a lot of time with, within the moving industry and moving company owners, helping them understand their finances, plan their finances, and educating them on how to run their companies better from a financial perspective. We're really excited to have Tracy here today. We're going to have a great conversation about the three levels of profitability, uh, setting budgets and goals for your profit margins, and the ways you could get more involved in groups that can help increase your financial education to benefit your company. So with that, to increase your financial fluency, here's my conversation with Tracy Beck. All right. Well, welcome, Tracy, uh, to the Moving Resource Guide podcast. We're happy you're here. Um, how are you doing today? Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. I am doing great today. Super happy to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think we're going to have a really, you know, hopefully not super boring conversation about finance. Hopefully we can make it fun and, and robust and uh, whatnot. So, um, but we're really excited to hear about uh, how we can keep an eye on our finances better, how we can increase our financial fluency um, to, to be a better moving company. Um, so we're really happy you're here. And uh, if you want to kick us off, uh, how do you want to start this out? Well, you know, I guess <clears throat> one of the things that I always like to start with is that whether you uh, went into business for a product or a service or a craft or a trade that you know how to do, um, it usually starts there, right? And then the rude awakening that we find once we've been in business for a while is that along with it comes this need for you to also understand finance. So you can't just be an expert in what you do, but you also have to understand some of these inherent pieces of business and the language of business, which is finance. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this comes intuitively to us because we kind of start to see how it works to be in business for ourselves. And we always try to charge more than it costs us, you know, to provide the service. Um, but then after that, after, you know, it, it can happen where your intuition starts to wear off. And we start, you know, getting pulled farther into needing to know some of the stuff about our business finances. Yeah. It, at first, it seems to be really simple to set some goals and 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 meet those uh, revenue targets when you're, you know, maybe under a half a million dollars a year or something. And then, you know, you get busier and busier, things get more difficult. And then the expenses just seem to fly out of the woodwork. Uh, and then you really just don't understand where you're at sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of hard to start. It's hard to keep things straight. It's hard to see the forest for the trees. And then, yeah. um, you know, you've got like a lot of profits, but maybe not any cash. And you're wondering <laughs> how in the world that can be possible. And it just turns into this big, um, you know, for lack of a more eloquent term, mess, you know, that can be very overwhelming and daunting, intimidating. You know, you pick the adjective. Yeah. Um, and I, I think even, especially in this industry, you go through this whole winter where you're either breaking even or losing money. Um, but, you know, we're, movers are typically not doing super well through the winter. And then we get to spring where it's finally like, hey, things are getting better. And if you're doing any military moving or long distance moving or some other things, your your business may increase prior to your cash flow increasing. So it's like things went from worse 
from bad to worse um, heading into spring. So it can be very difficult. Yeah. And you're, and you're wondering how in this, how in the world is this possible <laughs> that, you know, I have all this work and I have all these profits, but I have no cash. Yeah. And how are yeah. we going to continue on this trajectory? You know, what's the, what's the answer? What's the way out of this, you know, non-virtuous cycle? How do we, how do we flip that around and make it a less painful process. Yeah, and, and and luckily we have you. <laughs> so hopefully we can get some uh, great uh, information and insight on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I have to preface all of this by saying that I'm not a mover, but I've started and run and sold two businesses of my own and do not have any formal training in finance. So all of these things that I teach, I've learned the hard way. And yeah, yeah it, it, I always say like, it's the best way to learn something because you'll never forget, uh, you know, the Painfully. answer, yeah. yes, but it's the most painful way. And, uh, you know, at 60 Minute CFO, um, you know, it's a partnership between my dad and I, and my dad has always been a business mentor to me. He has the, the BA and the MBA in finance, and he's learned, you know, he's learned in all of this stuff from academic institutions, but he'll also tell you that unfortunately, even if you do come out of school, with an MBA or, you know, a degree in finance, it still doesn't necessarily prepare you for the road ahead when you start a business. There's a very distinct difference, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I will say, um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but, um, I have an MBA and when I started, um, our first moving company, it, it was embarrassing what I didn't know even though I had an MBA, I, you know, I can read financial statements. I could do a lot of things. I probably would have done fairly well in the corporate world, but uh, when you go to run your own business and, you know, the accountant looks at you cross-eyed when you submit your tax documents the first time, cause she's like, Oh my God, this is a mess. Um, and you know, it's, it's just a whole different world was not prepared really to be a business person with an MBA. So uh, at least on the small business owner side of things. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I've had to learn all those hard lessons too, even though I thought I paid uh, for the education to get there. So <laughs> right. um, I know it's so hard. And um, maybe if you don't mind, um, since you brought up uh, your dad, I think it would be a great introduction for people who, who know 60 minute CFO and some of his work. Um, can you give us a quick intro on, on where all this knowledge and learning came from with you besides through your businesses? Yeah. So, so my dad um, is David Durier and he wrote um, the first versions of 60 Minute CFO. And he has a long line of um, a track record of working with the moving industry and um, consulting and then forming best practice groups and, you know, speaking at conferences and really getting to know movers and, and moving in, in particular, you know, the industries and the formula, the ratios and the benchmarks and things. Uh, and he was writing the 60 minute CFO just as I was selling my second business and had yeah. just gone through like a real crash course. And <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, it's like, if I thought my first selling my first business was an MBA, the second one was like a PhD, you know, I was just like, Whoa, <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. And, um, and when he, when he started to, I sold my business and I, I wasn't working on anything else in particular. In fact, I was like, trying to take a, a much delayed maternity leave. I just had my second wow. kiddo. And he said, he said, well, you're not doing anything. <laughs> Why don't you <laughs> help me, uh, help me market my book and sell my book. And um, that's what you know how to do. And um, I was like, okay, sure. Right. Yeah. I'm not doing anything, but um, I'll help you. 
And in doing so, I realized that I didn't just want to market the book, like that this book was like the book, you know, it was exactly the funny, you know, it's funny how timing is, but like he had come at it from his whole experience as a consultant, but also having had an MBA and a BA in finance, but then working with, um, you know, business owners and many of which were movers. And he had just kind of written this like perfect summation of everything that you need to know to keep things simple and actionable and really understandable, right? Yeah. In, the, in the realm of finance in your business. And I um, I just kind of quickly went from wanting to market the book to just teaching the book because I was like, I just lived this. Like, how did you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I learned it all the hard way. Where was this like, three years ago? <laughs> right. you know? um, I, I think that's fantastic though, because, uh, you know, your dad was really great for the moving industry, helped a lot of people and a lot of people know him. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, he's what at least mostly retired at this point. Um, so, uh, luckily we, we have a, a great replacement for him, um, with you very knowledgeable. Um, so we get to continue that education, uh, and you get to continue his legacy, which is awesome. So, um, but with that, what, uh, so let's talk about the, uh, the, the P and L what are some things that we should be paying attention to with the P and L and taking a look at? Okay. So the PL, the income statement, is truly, you know, I I would I would bargain that I would wager that almost everyone listening has an intimate knowledge of their PL because as business leaders and owners, it's where we see our revenue and where we see our profit. And yeah. I think, you know, you those are two words that are super synonymous for being in business, right? Like what's your <laughs> revenue, what's your profit? Like we can we can understand those terms, they're not intimidating. But what's interesting is that a lot of times people are managing by the top line and the bottom line, which is to say revenue and net profit. Okay. But there are two more levels of profitability outside of net profit that are super important and can be huge game changers when specifically movers start to understand what those are. And I will say nine times out of 10, uh, when I look at an income statement from a mover, what I see is they say, well, my revenue is the same as my gross profit because we don't have any cost of goods because we're right. a service. We're a service. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I've had this discussion and argument with people like, even though you're a service, you do have costs of goods sold. <laughs> you do um, have costs of goods. Exactly. So what would those be? Okay. So cost of good is anything that's direct, directly related to producing a move. Right. So it's the, yeah. it's the labor that you would have to hire in order to move you know, make a move happen. It's the vehicle operating expenses on the move. Um, it's the packing material on the move. Okay. The okay. Right? So it's anything that like, we got to pay these people and or for these things in order to make a move, right? Just on the yeah. most basic forms. So in, in the moving world, those are your cost of goods. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah, go ahead. No, I, <laughs> I, I was going to ask. Um, so maybe to give some people some tangible things with this. I know that you've worked with movers for so many years and you kind of have an understanding of this. So you, you gave us a great list there of, mm-hmm. of the things that belong in costs of goods sold, but you know, to take something away from that, okay, we've, we've got those numbers in there. What am I supposed to be seeing once I take that off of my revenue? So I take my revenue minus my cost of goods sold, where should I be or where are right. successful movers at at that point? 
Okay, so the gross profit margin uh, is the is going to be the most important margin that you measure, right? So it's going to be your, um, you know, the amount of money that you have left over after you pay for your direct expenses. Yeah. And in general, what I see is uh, for movers, depending on your business mix, right? Like if you have, depending on the types of moves that you're doing, if you're more military, more office and industrial, more local household goods, international, you know, it can run the gamut. There's different margins attached to each one, but generally speaking, 25 to 50% okay. should be your gross profit margin. So that's a pretty, pretty big gap depending on those things. If we were to say, and, and I would think the majority of movers in the, in the country are probably smaller local movers, right? Um, so if we were talking with them, I, I would think that that margin would be on the higher end, right? Yeah. Yeah. 45. Okay. 48. 51. Okay. And so those are some really great targets. Now, what you're going to want to do is take, you know, a look at what it's been for you and you're going to start to understand what's good for your company, right? Because I'm giving you very general ballparks. So, right. um, but we need to know what it is and we need to measure it and use it as a target. Awesome. I like it. Okay. Yeah. So we now know what to do with our gross profit margin. What's next? What's the other yeah. number we're not looking at that we should be? Well, so next is everything else, right? So think about it this way. If you want to be more profitable and your gross profit margin is too low, even if you start earning more money, you're going to have to spend all that same amount of money because it's all the same amount of money. You know, you have to spend the, that money in order to make the move happen. Right. So we want to optimize gross profit margin first. And then what we have left over is everything else, right? It's our office manager, it's our advertising and marketing, it's how much we pay for accounting and legal and travel and entertainment. And all of those are our operating expenses. Okay. And operating expenses, those things we, you know, we can optimize as well. And we wanna make sure that we're looking at, you know, how much they are and monitoring and budgeting and things like that. And those things we have a little more control over, right? Because you can um, you can decrease some of your operational spend as necessary. If you you know some things you can, some things you can't. But uh, right. <laughs> some, some things are a little more discretionary than others. And yeah. what I typically see, you know, in this one's this one runs the gamut. Um, but on the low end, you know, we would see an operating profit margin of about eight percent, and on the higher end, maybe like 15, 17, 18. Okay. Again, Depending on the size of your company, how many branches you have, where you're located, you know, rent is different across different geographies and things like that. So, yeah. And I would assume that the larger organizations with higher overhead would, would have a lower percentage there. Um, yeah. And maybe smaller organizations with one location and smaller overhead, if they're doing well with that would be on the higher end. Yeah. Okay. And remember, you know, sometimes people have artificially inflated operating profit margins, depending on what types of, you know, familial relationships we have in the company, you know, who's on payroll, who isn't really necessarily, you know, doing as much work as others. Like these are just like, you know, uh, common things that I've seen. I just want to make sure we all know that. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Um, excellent. So, and I, I think you were telling me at one point, um, you know, that's when we look at operating profit margin versus net profit margin, um, you know, the world kind of looks at net profit margin is the be all end all. That's the most important number of anything, you know, you know, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Um, 
but in the relationship between the operating profit margin and the net profit margin, you know, talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah. So think of it this way. It's kind of a waterfall effect. So everything that you can preserve as high, as close to the direct, you know, um, gross profit margin as possible will trickle mm-hmm. down to the net profit. So like if you decrease your direct expenses, your cost of goods by 1% and you don't t- change anything else in your business, that 1% will trickle all the way down to the net profit margin. Right. Yeah. And same thing on the operating profit margin. If you go through 10 line items on your P&L and reduce each one by 1%, that will trickle down to your net profit margin and increase your net by 10%. So yeah. it's a it's a great way to have a more direct impact on the bottom line. So many people, if they're just managing by the bottom line, they're skipping over some of these clues, these contextual clues, you know, that are hidden yeah. in their numbers and the way yeah. those expenses behave. And when we think about it in terms of, you know, what are our cost of goods and what are our operating expenses, we start to get way more targeted and way more tactical and strategic with how we can increase the net profit. Right. Right. Which, you know, which is how much we take home. Right. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so but, not- but all the heavy work. And, and I think what you're saying in that is, you know, you're a lot of times there's not a heck of a lot we can do with the direct expenses, um, our, our cost of goods sold. Like, yes, we might be able to manage it a little bit. There are things we can do, but where you can really get to work and make some changes is in that op- operating profit margin. Um, and that's where you can have the most effect. Would that be correct? Well, sure. And then remember that um, there, there may still be some things that you can do in your cost of goods, your direct expenses, there may be, you know, so don't assume that everything is super buttoned up there. It's Um, probably not, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then the other piece of that is, is don't forget about revenue and pricing. So if if our gross profit margin is off, you know, there's two components there. There's how much we charged for the job and how much the job costs, you know, so... Um, we may have a pricing problem. You know, we might be undercutting ourselves or discounting too deeply and not hitting our margin for that reason. Yeah. And I think that sometimes movers kind of check out the market and price that way or feel that they look at their own pockets and say, well, I couldn't pay for more than this for moving. So I can't charge more than that. And I think that, you know, we definitely have to shop the market and understand what, what the prices are in the market. But I also think that what we lose sight of sometimes is um, we, we actually have to price ourselves based on what our costs are um, so that we can make money that way. And I think that the moving industry has kind of fallen short over the last couple of decades on that. Yeah. 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 It's a tough one. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot to unpack there. Really. <laughs> Sorry. You know, right. Because it, it's, a, it's a mindset as much as it, as it is anything else. Yeah, um, for sure. start to sort of sell yourself short before you've even sold the job. Um, right. but yeah, I mean, we, at the end of the day, your guys still want to be paid their wage, whether you priced yeah. it high or you priced it low. Right. So, um, that, that's just a, it's just a truth that we have. Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that was a really good kind of summary of the PNL and what we should be looking for. I guess the next step is, is what, what tips do you have for us on, on how to manage that? Yeah, so it's not complicated, right? And I, we definitely believe in keeping things as simple as possible. 
So once you understand what your margins are, and you want all three, you want your gross profit margin, your operating profit margin, and your net profit margin. If you're happy with them, that's great. Um, if you're not happy with them, we need to set a goal for what we want them to be. And once right. we know what those numbers are, we need to communicate it, right? It can't just be one person who knows this information and because no one else can help you with that, right? So, right. so the front line, sales needs to know. Sales needs okay. to know what our, our gross profit margin goal is. Yeah. So okay. And they're out there, <laughs> you know, and they're like, Mrs. Johnson, you know, I'm up against three other guys and Mrs. Johnson wants, you know, she, we're, we're competing on cost. Can I, you know, can I throw in, you know, packing materials for free? We know what that would mean to our gross profit margin. If we, right. That. Right. You know, it may not sound so, like a lot, but if it's really degrading the margin, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're saying then you share what your operating profit margin should, or your sorry, your gross profit margin should be. Um, and I, I think I would be comfortable sharing that information. Um, but I, I would think that some people are a little bit more guarded with that information. Um, what advice do you have on that? Yeah. Well, listen, it's a, it's it, think of it as a tool, right? And yeah. when we are teaching our salespeople how to sell, there's so many different aspects of how to do it, right? But one mm -hmm. of them is pricing and what do we need? What's a break even on a move, right? And for us, yeah. if we don't hit that gross profit margin, we're not making enough money, right. right? So they can go up, you know, up until this point. And after that, they need to have a really solid reason for going below our target yeah. gross profit margin. And we need to know how many times a month that that can happen and how low it can go. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't mean, and it's, it would be important to communicate that that is not the money that you are trying to make here isn't just going into your pocket, right? right. Because there's there's still two other lines of you know expenses that you know, <laughs> they get pulled out of expenses there. and there's other expenses that are going to hit that. And if you need to even further drill that in, make sure you're pointing out some of the big expenses in the company, right? Like, and and let people know <laughs> like this this place runs on cash and it requires a lot of cash. Like we cannot give things away for free. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and it seems to be that uh, it, it's a, there's no denying it's a high overhead industry. I mean, our, our new trucks anymore, are $140,000 plus, um, you know, it's, it's getting very expensive, a lot of overhead in this industry. So that, 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 that margin that you're left over with uh, can get eaten up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, okay. So we want to, we want the salespeople to know, we want to set goals for them based on that gross profit margin. Um and, and let them know about it more yeah, or less. Yeah. Okay. Great. A great add on to that would be, you know, to do job costing, right? So to understand, you know, every single piece of a, of a expense that goes into a move and have that constantly um, calculating your gross profit margin on a per move basis, you know, if and until like, if you don't do it for every move, do it often enough or in a different enough moves that, you know, generally what it's coming in at. Mm -hmm. And that can be a so, great way to nail it in. Yeah. <laughs> and so like we talked about earlier, I'm sitting here with an MBA. I've, you know, I've read the 60 minute CFO. I've worked with these numbers quite a bit. Um, and I still feel like I'm learning. Right. So mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. that are like, okay, this is all great, but I'm still confused now. Like, I don't even understand how I can get to these numbers mm -hmm. to make my, my P and L look right. Let alone try to understand job costing. So 
what resources are available to people in the moving industry in general, and then what resources um, are available through you to kind of increase our knowledge base? Yeah. Well, so, you know, there's going to be some level of intuition that you have around job costing, right? And you can start there. And whether you're starting with a paper and a pencil and you're scratching it out on, on you know, a notepad or whether you want to open up a spreadsheet and start there, I encourage you to just, you know, start to do it in whatever intuitively makes sense to you, you know, okay. um, to start tracking. But uh, more specifically, um, you know, 60 Minute CFO, we have a moving specific job costing Excel template uh, okay. that is, pretty extensive. I didn't personally build it myself, but there is like a lot that goes into it and okay. it will take you through every box, pad, tape, you know, man hour truck that you use per job so that you can get your expenses loaded in there and see what you charged for the job and what it costs you. And we'll give you a, a, a profit margin per job. That's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be extremely helpful. I haven't used that personally yet myself. So, uh, I might need to get you to email that to me later. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's on the website as well under resources. So anyone looking for, for that at 60 minutes Excellent. CFO, but yeah, I mean, I'll email it to you, Brian. Um, and that's a great way because that you could do that for an office move, do it for a local yeah. household, good move, do it for interstate move and do it for a military move and start to see they're probably different margins. Yeah. And you'll start to get an average margin and you're going to start to, that's a great way to back into what the overall margin should be for the company. Yeah. Right? And and I think that's fantastic because on a local move, it's pretty easy. You know what your labor is, you know what your costs are and you see the money right away. So you really understand that. I think when you really get into interstate moving and maybe some office moving, uh, but certainly like with the military and those costs vary all over the place. And sometimes I think people really just don't understand mm -hmm how good or bad some things are for their business when it's not as easy to see like a, like a local move would be. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to get a little muddier for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So uh, outside of these templates and stuff that you have, um, what else can we do? Well, so the other thing I encourage people to do is to really involve more people in this process, right? So involve the rest of your company and then it can be lonely at the top. So when it doesn't make sense yeah. to, if you're scratching your head on how to improve profitability within your company, get with other movers, right? Get with movers who are, you know, in your state or maybe across different states. And, you know, Brian, you and I know each other from a best practice group and yes. get in community with other movers because they have your answers, right? <laughs> uh, if you are struggling with specific cost or a specific thing that is, you know, bringing down your profitability, you will find the answer when you start to yeah. reach out to your community, right? And there, there's so much to be learned from each other. I think that's what I find when, you know, I, I go to a lot of the conferences, whether that be at the state level or the national level or through our, you know, CEO forum group or whatever it might be. And the presentations are usually helpful and informative, especially when you're new to the industry. But once you get beyond that, the conversations you have with people and, you know, if you have a specific problem and you're not afraid uh, to be the, the guy in the room that doesn't know what's going on <laughs> and you're willing to be vulnerable and ask, like people are so helpful and will give you those answers. And, you know, that's where much of my growth in the industry has come from. Um, so I, I agree with you that, that there's a lot of help within those groups. Um, specifically, before we end here, um, just a quick snippet of what happens in a CEO forum group. Right. So 
In, um, you know, in the, in the ones that I run, we have, you know, a group of movers who don't compete with one another, but who are complementary. And yeah. we, we focus on a lot of peer to peer sharing, right? So it's, um, you know, best practices, goals, and then industry specific timely topics that we need to talk about, you know, whether it's labor or, you know, what have you, right? And then um, my role is to really bring in the financial piece. So we look at everyone's income statement and balance sheet and the ratios that we can use to tell stories, right? Like your current ratio, you know, your liquidity, safety, your survival score. And we look at profitability across each company and we can start to understand what this, what, what's going on here. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice to compare your, where you're good and where you're not versus the other companies in your group. So that kind of gives you an indication. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm okay as a company, but I really suck here. <laughs> I'm going to start asking everybody else why my numbers here are worse than theirs. And maybe there's something to learn there. And that might be an area that was a blind spot for you before. You didn't even know you were struggling there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Wait, so I they're. Mean, exactly. You can pick on any, you could pick on any operating expense, for example, on your income statement and, yeah. and decide like, that you want to have the lowest cost in that per the group, right? And you start yeah. to get a little bit of a benchmark. It's like, well, I want to shop my insurance. And, yes. uh, you know, so how can I get mine to be under 10%? I see that Joe's doing it. I want to do it. Like, so, you know, you it opens your your understanding of what's possible and yes. benchmarks that, you know, you can strive for and yeah. you know, improve your overall profitability. Awesome. Okay. So we're, we're pretty much out of time or past time. So, <laughs> um, if, if somebody wanted to just pick your brain, maybe take one of your classes, get, uh, you know, remember to, or where to download the information or to join a CEO group, um, because you're, you're always looking to join, uh, ad groups, right? So if they're looking to join a CEO forum or need information from you or want to take any classes, how would they reach out to you? Um, so my two, websites if you're interested in general financial learning it would be 60 minutecfo.com okay and 60 is the number six zero and then uh, if you're interested in a best practice group it would be starboard collectives with an s.com and then if you just want to chat or whatever either of those will you know send an email to me if you hit the contact us form or you can find me on linkedin tracy beck b-e-c-h back with an H. That's a good, <laughs> um, and, and then your, your title would be through starboard collective, correct? Yeah, you'll find just to make sure there's in case there's any other Tracy Beck's out there. Exactly. They wouldn't be as great as you, but they might be out there. <laughs> I'd love to. Know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming in and, and helping us understand our, uh, our financial statements and understand how to learn and get better, um, and increase our financial fluency. So we really appreciate you coming in and taking the time. Um, thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, can't wait to, to, for everybody else to hear it. Great. Thanks for having me, Brian. We really appreciate Tracy Beck joining us here on the podcast. Hopefully the information she gave will be beneficial to you, will be beneficial to your financial fluency. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast. Hopefully it's helpful for you. If you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to hear, please send us an email at moversresourceguide at gmail.com. Once again, this is Brian Hassan. Thank you for listening. Now go out there and get moving.